Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Maybe Next Year. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Uh, we are going to do our football podcast. Uh, and at the end of the football podcast, we have one Bills-related coronavirus story. And we have probably at that time sort of an open floor just to vent and talk about that. Um, we are forewarning you. Uh, I guess this is a trigger warning or, or what have you. Uh, so we're going to save all that for the end. Um, and hopefully uh, you're, you are all doing well. We'll, we'll start with that. Um, but we're going to save that for the end. So if you just want to listen to football, we're going to do football. And then at the end, if you're not up for it, I don't blame you. I know no one here blames you. We get it. Um, such to the point that I'm not even doing a joke intro this week. I just really wanted to make that clear. Um, so anyway, our first order of business uh, getting let's let's ease into the football talk at least um, is is we have London calling is is our is our London correspondent uh, available cheerio mates available and ready such as uh, such as the the laundry room in my uh, lo- lovely two bedroom bungalow permits at this point now is your is your uh, laundry room like backwards to our laundry room is that is that how this works. <laughs> Yes, no, exactly. You put all the clothes into the bottom of the washing machine and ah. then and then you shut the door from the bottom. It doesn't make it didn't make sense to me. I don't know why they did it that way, but they did it that way first. So really, you know, right. they ask us the same question. Uh, yes, and I, I think you wash the clothes in the dryer, right? And then you dry them in the washing right. machine. It's crazy. And you have to of course pay the laundry license if you want to use it. You can't just, you know, go well. Oh yeah. Oh, well, the good nilly. thing is, though, is that the, is that the is that the laundry repairs are all nationalized. So literally, you just have to call someone. Now, again, it's going to take you eight weeks to get someone, but you don't have to pay for it. So that's the, you know, it's a trade off. Uh, this is why my 90 year old grandparents still have a drying. Well, I don't know if that's why, but they, they do they do dry air dry their clothes. That's probably some bit of uh, they don't want a drying machine and some bit of. Well, it's probably easier this way just because we know what what to expect. Uh, well, we are we are thrilled that you you traverse the ocean. Uh, well, we're not thrilled you did that. We're thrilled you got there safe and that you are healing and doing well. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure over the course of the show, we will get more and more of your hot takes on the U.K., uh, and we do. Let, we're probably the only Bills podcast with an NFL UK correspondent, so you know we expect full full on coverage of all the London games this year. Yes, our NFL Europe, our NFL Europe branch is finally <laughs> up and running. You know, thirty years after NFL Europe folded. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to move to Mexico City to cover the Mexico game too, so we'll we'll do that. That's all know. on hold. What is not on hold is the league year and free agency signings and trades and holy wait are you not okay it is there okay i had I just scrolled down too far i was amazed i didn't see the the marquee name on the list paul has has graciously put together our our, our roster um roster moves and the big one the trade for stefan diggs uh a 2020 seventh rounder uh stefan diggs and the vikings seventh rounder this year for this year's First, fifth, sixth, and next year's fourth round draft picks. The Vikings uh, moving uh, Diggs, who currently is on a, a very friendly $10 million uh, base salary with a $500,000 roster bonus. Uh, all expectations of that are 
part of the deal to trade for Stefan Diggs was going to involve fixing his, his salary. Um, he's on a team, so he, he's slated to make $11 million, uh, 11-4 over the next couple of, of years, but uh, we're, we're, we're expecting that, that he will probably end up uh, renegotiating his contract as part of his deal here in Buffalo. But uh, I want to start with Scott. Uh, because Scott generally is the guy who is more skeptical of these moves, I think, uh, than than Paul and I. And I want I want to, if you want to douse it, here's your chance to throw water on it, Scott. I, I I I mean, I think the only way that you could throw water on this deal is if you thought, um, and to a certain extent, I'm willing to give this opinion some credence, but I'm I'm not fully on board with it. That this team didn't need any help at wide receiver then this is this deal obviously is not a great deal. Um, I think there's an argument to be made to a certain extent that we had John Brown last year. We had uh, we had uh, we had Cole Beasley. Mm-hmm. We had another couple younger guys who were coming on. We had Dawson Knox kind of coming on the field and that the failures of the offense and the passing game to a certain extent were to a certain extent failures of the run game for the first half of the season before we put Singletary in mm-hmm. and then to a certain extent Josh Allen. And while I certainly believe Josh Allen deserves some of the blame for it, I would say that you could you could make the case, I think, that we do need to get better at wide receiver. And we needed another another weapon one way or another, whether it was a number one guy or whatever. So with that said, because I do believe that I think this I think this is a really good deal. Um, I think I think Stefan Diggs is a good receiver. I think he's he's proven that he's a pro bowler. He's made big plays. We've all seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the price is. The price is a little steep, but that's what you're going to get when you're paying for premium talent. Like if you went out and spent your first round pick on a wide receiver this year, yeah, there's a 60, 75% chance he would turn into somebody as good as Stefan Diggs, but you're, you're, you're taking that 30, 40% downside risk too. You know what Stefan Diggs is. So that's why you pay a little more and you're getting him on again, as Frank said, a very team friendly, relatively team friendly deal for the next couple of years. And yeah, now you've, 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 You've done what you needed to do. I mean, I think um, he's a guy who has the whole route tree open. Um, you know, he can go short, he can go long, he can go over the middle. Um, obviously, he's great on the long routes. We've seen that. Um, he's, you know, I think him having him and John Brown on the field at the same time going to create a real problem for any teams that are running cover three um, or cover two or even man coverage, frankly, because it's just now we've got, it's weird to say, one of the better receiving group groups in in the league i don't i can't think of a time when we've had a better receiving unit you'd probably have to go back to the molds price years and i'm not sure that's better i I, i'd say if anything that's probably worse you'd probably have to go back even farther to the k-gun years really um but paul's our history major so i'll throw it over to him with that Uh, yeah i would say it's I mean, maybe read Lofton BB if you want to go that back that far. Even yeah. if you want to count Thomas's yeah, top three. Thomas and Metzlar's too was there, and he was he wasn't a schlep at catching. Yep. Yeah, but they didn't really when they been, had Molds and Price. Reimersma probably would have been Price and Reimersma. Price Reimersma Molds, right? Yeah. Yeah. But certainly at Larry, least in, they had Larry Centers uh, too, who was a great receiving yeah. fullback. Robert yeah. Royal, Josh Reed, and <laughs> David Nelson, right? Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's uh, yeah. Now I'll I'll just take over for Scott. Uh, but it was yeah. I I think if you're I, I'm a fan of the trade. I'll lead with that. I'm. Let's take the 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 devil's advocate approach and say the two things are one. Yes, the cost in a receiver deep draft 
you give up a 2020 first rounder for a receiver, but to go to Scott's point, you don't know how the one, you don't know how the draft is going to go. And two, you've gotten a proven receiver, you know, just yeah. because all these receivers are supposed to be good coming out of the draft doesn't mean they will be. And it will take them time to learn. You have now gotten a, a proven commodity and a younger proven commodity. This isn't a 30 plus year old Terrell Owens, you know, at, at the end of his career uh, it, or, you know, they got the, even the guy they had, I can't even trail prior. And Quan Bolden. Right. And all these guys it. who were, were over the hill when they acquired them. This is a guy still not yet in his prime. He is entering his prime. And so I think the cost is well worth it. And you look at the fifth and the sixth, who cares? They had what, two fifth rounders and three sixth rounders. And those guys are essentially, you know, you're taking a swing at them, you know, at that, that point anyway. I think the other thing. That's the mild cause for concern is if you, you know, read a lot of Minnesota related coverage, a lot of guys aren't sad to see him go. And this is a guy who, you know, he can be, he can get aggravated. He can be demonstrably upset with his quarterback. And when he's not looked to enough, can the, do the bills have a strong enough locker room to handle that type of personality and keep that type of personality in line and still keep that person productive. I think that's worth the risk to get one of the game's premier playmakers one of the best route runners like scott mentioned like we delved into a little bit this is one of the best wide receiving cores in the nfl certainly the best in the afc east one of the best in the afc especially if kansas city loses sammy watkins in this offseason who is a good top three receiver at least this is now a strength of the team so now you're looking at a situation where josh has you know all the weapons he needs i should say all the weapons he theoretically has all the weapons he needs, assuming Dawson Knox develops, assuming the offensive line does well. I think I'll give one last criticism of this, which is Brandon Bean has talked day one about the importance of the draft. And now you do not have a draft pick in the top 50 this year. So that's going to be a little bit of adjustment from, from prior season. They're really going to have to hit on their second rounders, which you know, this regime, to be fair, hasn't done as well in the second round when you look at uh, McDermott and, and Bean, whether it's, you know, with Zay Jones, Cody Ford is, you know, a little bit unproven. Uh, you know, so far, of course, they gave up their second rounder the year they got Allen and Edmonds in the first. So they're they're really taking a shot this year. But what's exciting about that and what that means is we'll get into the additional picks or the additional signings in the offseason is they are they're they're going for it now. You know, this is year four of McDermott and they want to be a, a favorite in the AFC is what this move says to me. So uh, thumbs up for the boldness and thumbs up for getting one of the best proven playmakers we've had in a long time in Buffalo. Some of the, I think some of that is driven by what we will talk about more extensively later, the, the, the freeing up of the division in the AFC East. And I think if you look at these things, I think that one of the reasons you make this move is you realize that talent wise now, there's not much of a, there, there's really no different reason to say that you shouldn't be the, most talented team in the in the in the division anyway um i would say it's a little optimistic to say that there's a 60 percent chance you'd get a, a a stefan diggs out of a first round pick especially in the late 20s and the other thing and and i'm not really arguing with that i just i i think he's probably a better receiver than than that and i i, I was thinking the last time i felt like there was a uh a receiver rich draft a lot of people were saying that I think it was Malcolm Kelly and James Hardy. Like that draft was supposed to be very deep at receiver, particularly yep. the, the the big guys. Yeah. was in that draft, yeah. right? And and almost none of them 
were panned out. It wasn't just that we got the bad one. It was a lot of them really weren't that good. And so I think that you're right. You do pay a little bit of a premium on it. Uh, I'll note that Matthew Collar, former WGR uh, personality who now is the, the Vikings beat reporter uh, for the radio out there, um, is, you know, he couldn't speak highly enough of Diggs for, for all the, he said a lot of the, the uh, stuff that Paul brings up that him being sort of being a complainer, he goes one of the times that's that's the more famous times where he's yelling at his quarterback on the sideline, uh, reviewing what he was actually telling his receiver was his quarterback was like, it doesn't matter if I get the ball, you need to be throwing it to whoever that he was sort of advocating that the offense needs to not necessarily go through him. Um, so uh y- yes is it is he a lot more vocal than some other people maybe but i think that certainly the the team uh if it's ever going to be in a position to house one of these talents it's now and if they're if they're never going to be in the position to house one of these types of talents then what are we even doing because you do need sort of a, a talented uh vocal person i think that one more thing i would bring up and it danced i think paul danced around it a little with his comments about Allen having everything he needs, I think one of the nice things about this is that we're done now with excuses. We were going to be done with excuses anyway with Josh Allen, um, but really there are no excuses now. That he's he ought to be uh, there. He has enough talent that if he can't make this work, then they need to think about a different quarterback. And the good news is you're sort of in a position where okay, maybe it's not the the strange free agency class of quarterback this year but you do have a lot of weapons and so hopefully you could get a different quarterback you could move on to one and see if a different guy does does it for you um so i'm sort of excited to sort of put a lot of that to rest because it is in my mind put up or shut up time and i'm certainly not i don't i don't i'm not saying that in a way that i think Allen's not going to succeed i'm really hopeful that he will uh i just am happy that will be um it'll be time to get to it uh the last little thing on it with regards to the the draft i i do appreciate that bean has said that i think that it was clear last year he wanted a big weapon when they they couldn't quite get antonio brown and i think that uh one more thing is that this year uh the draft's going to be a little different with the fact that player you know your scouting department has to be top notch so uh, because you're not going to get the player visits um the way that it's looking and so it might be a good time to even further divest yourself of gambling because you just have that much less information at your fingertips. And so maybe it would be it's not a terrible idea to sort of go with a proven commodity in such a in such a uh, volatile market, if you will. Um, any any quibbles with anything I said? No, I think. I'll, go I'll ahead, just Scott. Briefly, yes, I'll just briefly add to the to the the point about the personality thing is that like. Like ultimately, if we're winning, I don't think a Stefan Diggs is going to be complaining too much. And mm-hmm. B, if he is, no one's going to give a. I mean, no one's really going to give a crap. Um, and I'm pretty sure he'll he'll keep it quiet. And if we're losing because we're not we're not throwing him the ball enough, then he should be complaining. And if we're losing and we are throwing him the ball, then it doesn't really matter at that point because clearly the 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 ship is sinking for a variety of reasons and right. it doesn't really matter it, like it, as frank said it's it's a it, this is the year it has to all come together this year or it's probably not going to come together with at least Josh Allen potentially with 
McDermott and Bean. And I'm not saying that's fair because I actually think that they've, as much as I've criticized them over the years, I think they're actually doing a pretty good job altogether. But it's just tough to to survive, you know, whiffing on a quarterback if that's what ends up happening here. Now, again, I'm not saying that's happening. I'm just saying we don't know yet. Yep, and he's good. He's uh, Allen really has to to step it up this year because unlike last year when you can look back at the schedule and say that was pretty easy, while it is, uh, as I've noted before, it's difficult to predict how tough a schedule will be in advance of a season, especially this far in advance. It is unlikely that Seattle will be bad in defending NFC champion. San Francisco will be bad and Kansas City will be bad. And, you know, these these and who else? They, they got Tennessee who went to the AFC championship game. They have a lot of tea in the LA Rams. Uh, maybe they're done after trading away Gurley, but you never know. This schedule is going to be, it looks as if it's going to be much more difficult than the previous year. You're going to have Pittsburgh with Roethlisberger back. So they're really putting a lot yeah. of, on Josh here and saying, okay, this is going to be a, probably a tougher schedule. The offense is going to have to do better. We can't depend the defense to help, you know, deliver us 10 wins. Here's Stefan Diggs, and you got your entire offensive line back, and you've got your running back and your other receivers back, and you're developing tight end. It's on you, man. I hear that, but I also want to point out you're def- you're getting two of those games back in a way that you haven't in 20 years. Uh-huh. Fair so, point. So there, we'll just keep that in mind for now until we get to later in the show. Um, uh, Stefan Diggs, easily the biggest name that was signed. Um, not the only name. I'm going to read them all here. Um, uh, defensive end Mario Addison from Carolina, three years, 30 million, uh, with 13 guaranteed. Uh, defensive tackle Vernon Butler from Carolina, two years, 15 million, 9.3 guaranteed. That makes me think of Jeremy White's tweet where he, it was a flowchart for the Bills free agency, and it said, you know, w- did you play in Carolina? Yes, no. And it was if if you, if you said yes, it, it was just it said sign here. And if it said no, it said <laughs> okay. Well, we gotta go fill out the rest of the fifty pages here. Um, uh, defensive lineman Quentin Jefferson from Seattle, two years, thirteen millions. Uh, it is unknown if there's guaranteed money um, or what the guaranteed amount. Uh, the linebacker AJ Klein from New Orleans, three years, eighteen millions, half of that guaranteed. Um, ST linebacker? What's ST? Special, special teamer. Team. I put for guys who are probably going to be special yes. team guys. Uh, and special teamer uh, running back, uh, Taiwan Jones. Tyler Matakevich. Uh, both there. Uh, Jones on the on the veteran minimum. Matakevich, uh, two years, $9 million. They also re-signed and extended Quentin Spain. I think we had talked about the re-signing last time, but they hadn't gone to the extension. Three years, $15 million, $4.5 million guaranteed. <laughs> Uh, safety Jordan Poyer, two years, nineteen and a half million, uh, and s- special teamer safety Dean Marlowe. That information was not yet in. Out the door, defensive end Shaq Lawson, defensive tackle Jordan Phillips goes. Both went to um, three years, thirty million. Uh, one to Arizona, Lawson to to the the Dolphins. Um, Cleveland cornerback Kevin Johnson, one year, three and a half million. Uh, wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie's not coming back as his RFA was declined. And that is catching you up on what the Bills did. Uh, Paul, you put together this, this, the uh, agenda here. So you've, you've definitely looked at all this. So yeah. why don't you put your, your thoughts on it and we'll, we'll, we'll piggyback off of what you say on any of these moves here. 
Right. My thought one is that uh, some blog somewhere needs to do a better job of capturing all of this new contract info. So I don't have to go to 70 different places to try and compile this when it comes to places like Over the Cap, when it comes to Buffalo Rumblings, wherever I go, it was difficult to put together. Interesting, the number of defensive moves again. I feel like their pro scouting department is much more confident when it comes to defensive scouting with who they've picked up over the years and with offensive scouting. Uh, you've got Addison. They're going to guess he's an upgrade over Shaq Lawson. He is in his early 30s, so he is older, but he also has, I think, nine-plus sacks, three or four straight seasons, recognizing that sacks aren't the ultimate you know, uh, indicator of a good defender. I I think it's a good sign in. You need some more pressure off the edge. Does this mean the end of Trent Murphy? I'd say that depends on who else gets drafted. And, you know, if they feel they can have Murphy there on a a $9 million hit or whatever it is uh, as a rotational player. Vernon Butler, I believe he's a one technique. So I think he, or see that, no, he's a three technique. He's a guy I think they're going to have backing up at Oliver, a lot of guaranteed money for a rotational guy, but you know, 15 million is less than the 30 million we would have spent on Jordan Phillips to keep him in that same role. Mm-hmm. And then Quinton Jefferson, there's some speculation whether he'll play inside or outside, which is why I listed him as a defensive lineman. Again, good, good guy. He's had some struggles early in his career, but he finally did emerge as a starter. And so the Bills kind of taking a chance on this one. But again, he'll be in the mix with Star Lutalele and Harrison Phillips. <coughs> Uh, the one technique or he'll be on the end. So there's not a lot of pressure on him to perform. I think Klein will be good as that two down linebacker. I think he's probably, you know, in his prime, he's not going to be the player Lorenzo Alexander was in, in his latter years with the bills, but I think he's probably going to be up to par with where Lorenzo was last year. And again, you're looking at a guy with the number of passing formations in the NFL. He'll be on the field, you know, not even two thirds of the time, maybe close to half the time, but you know, it seems like a good pickup. And then I'm always a fan of of bolstering the special teams. I think with Makovich, Jones, and uh, getting Dean Marlowe back, that's going to help. The Poyer extension I thought was interesting because I thought they might wait to see how Jaquan Johnson worked out if they were to lose Poyer in free agency. Obviously, they like Jordan enough to keep him on board. And Spain, I, I saved for last because this is an interesting signing. Yes, he didn't allow a sack, but he's not that great a run defender. The one thing that concerns me about all of this is we, he is all we're mentioning about the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And Scott and I have talked on numerous occasions uh, about how, you know, there's a lot of people really pleased with the line, but it was because it went from terrible, awful to mediocre from like a 31st ranked line to like a 15th or 16th ranked line. I still think there's room for improvement here. And without a top 50 pick, you're not going to improve this year. So they are really banking by just re-signing Spain into a very good reasonable contract. There's nothing wrong with the contract they've signed him to. They can get out of it after a year without any real dead money. Um, You know, they're really kind of banking on these guys gelling under Bobby Johnson and because they didn't improve the talent at all on the line. They just kept everyone. And the other thing I really want to mention about the signings generally, notice all of them are either pretty much two or three years and all of them are ones you can get out of easily after no more than two years. That does not coincidentally coincide with the remainder of Josh Allen's contract. So they are clearly saying, you know, we're going to spend a lot of money now while we have Josh on his rookie contract and hope he emerges as the guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that way, if we need to pay him big money, we can figure out another way to win after that. But all in all, I like the signs. Wish there would have been a little more focus on on the offensive line. But, you know, we'll see if they get a value pick and what they do in the draft. But I'm generally happy with these moves. 
Yeah, I'd heard Bede um, talking about uh, – what was I trying to say? He had he had been talking about the uh, – you know, keeping mindful of the contracts that are coming down the pipe, and it's not all just – the guys that you want to sign now it's it's yeah. all the guys you got that you Milano want to... and white and Deion Dawkins coming up and you know you don't have a lot of money my whole point my not my whole point but one of my thoughts was make Trey white the highest paid cornerback in the NFL now give him like 30 million guaranteed this year like front load the hell out of the contract and then you don't have to worry about him taking up a lot of cap space down the road and he'll be happy because he's gotten all his money now that ship has sailed because you don't have I think you're only going to have about 20 million cash on hand after the draft. So we'll, we'll see what they end up doing. Scott, any thoughts? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm trying to do a quick bit of uh, addition here. Let's see if uh, that's going to work for me. Um, I'm going to go ahead and attempt to add the salaries of what appear to be our top six defensive linemen. You guys want to do that? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, good. Right, this will be like Hughes. the year when they it's like, Hughes, Mario, Darius, and Kyle, and they—they they were like their top four guys on the salary cap. Yeah, it's so. It's, right now, I'm looking at these are the numbers from over the cap, and then I just guessed on Jefferson based on a two-year, thirteen and a half million of a cap hit, kind of. And this is the cap hit, not the you know everything fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Jerry is nine point five million. Mario Addison is actually getting paid more than Jerry Hughes this year, for the record, at functionally almost ten million dollars this year in terms of the cap hit. Um, Star Latulule at still at eight million even after the re- renegotiation. Uh, Vernon Butler at seven million. Uh, Quinn Jefferson at six and a half, six point seven million, and Ed Oliver at four and a half million. That is forty five point eight million dollars on your defensive line. So that you know, again, they don't know exactly what the cap's going to be um, uh, at this point. I think. Um, but it's basically going to be somewhere probably in like the low 200s, I think. Um, so let's call it 225. That would be still like a solid uh, 20% of the cap probably devoted to just like four, like four of the 22 starters, basic four of the 22 kind of positions that are on the field 90% of the game, um, which is a lot. And, and I don't, Again, I think Paul kind of put put the number, you know, put the, you know, was was making the same point in a kind of more logical way. I just figured I'd, I'd dig up the numbers while I had some time to to back it up. But I think, yeah, I I, I was concerned. Like, I thought Quentin Spain was was okay, but I don't know how this line gets better this year, other than just hoping that another year makes together makes all of them better, which which can happen to a certain extent for offensive lines if there's continuity over time. But on some level, you can't change athleticism. You can't change um, size or flexibility that much. You can only really kind of hope that communication and maturity helps the line get better on its own. And that that is functionally to me, that is hope is not a plan. Like that is that is what that is. That is like, <laughs> I well, mean, if hopefully you're in prison, get I just, you know, it applies. Well, that just felt extra prescient right now, but could continue. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's it's uh, the line. The offensive line is a little concerning. And I guess, I, you know, in terms of excuses, I hope that doesn't be one that people end up deploying for Allen this year in terms of, well, the line's not helping him. Um, because they were a better pass blocking line for the most part than a run blocking line, if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to go back and double check. Um, but anyway, like, yeah, any individual, one of these players, like, I don't have a huge problem with, like, they all seem like they're, you know, I know Addison's a good, good player. Uh, functionally, it's like, 
we already had a Jerry Hughes on the team. We didn't need another one. But okay, I guess we needed someone to replace Shaq, and, and that's got to be him. Oh, I didn't even add Trent Murphy. Trent Murphy's still on oh, this yeah. team. <laughs> that's right. Who is, by the way, the third, fourth highest cap hit on the team I overall could, behind Morse, yeah. Diggs, Mario, and Mario Addison. Yeah, sorry. That's another $9.7 You're up in the 50s, yeah. Yeah, so now we're at yeah we're at fifty four. I again it, it, a forgettable player despite his nine and a half million dollars in salary that we paid him last or that he's going to be paid this year. So it's like one thing if Murphy's still on the team, but with uh, with it, given that he's on the team making all these moves, yeah, it seems like the I understand they want to rotate bodies. Got it. It just seems like a lot of money to be spending on the defensive line. When we need some depth, we need some other positions, offensive line, you know, um, I feel like, did we get a veteran tight end? I'm trying to remember if we I don't did. Think no. so. I know we, we restructured Croft's contract, so he's a that's mere... That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah that's he's, he's not as big a cap hit this year. And and I, I, I get that Knox is going to be the guy, but or at least he's supposed to be the guy, but it just seems like there's, there's more depth out there that we need to build up. Uh, you know, backup running back. Um, you know, I guess there's rumors that we were making a run at Gordon and then that didn't really come together. Um, you know, who knows? And, you know, obviously I'm a homer for Gordon all the way, but you know, somebody like that might've been, might've been helpful to give the offense a little more pop. Um, and then again, just more, you know, AJ Klein, I think is a good, is, is someone who can replace some of what Lorenzo Alexander brings, but if you want to help bring the detail, the defense to the next level, I don't know that, getting you know mario addison sure if you want to call him like a, a rough replacement for um for shaq lawson i think that's fine but I, I think trying to get any more than planning on getting a lot more out of that position than that is 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 um is 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 wishing it's not it's not really fair to expect that so that's all i got uh yes melvin gordon a alma mater of scott school the london school of economics yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I was going to lead into this, but you've sort of done it for me here, Scott. Uh, I mean, you were talking about wishing there was more depth on the line and backup running back. That was the next topic was, um, and you even mentioned my Melvin Gordon thing. Uh, do, do the Bills need to be doing any more? What else is there to do? I think that, I think adding a big piece of the line could be problematic because now you're talking about having to learn that. I, uh, not problematic in that way. Like a better lineman is always better, right? But I, I think you might be in a better position to add linemen in the second round and have them sort of work into what you're doing as opposed to trying to get a bunch of people to, um, you know, gel again. I think there's, you know, right. I mean, even if you got a talented guy now, most of the top tier talents are gone in free agency. If you acquire one via trade, what are you going to trade <laughs> your, right. your, your, your second round pick? And then all of a sudden you have no picks until late in the third round. So I think they kind of got to roll with what they have. Plus maybe a draft pick. Right. Um, do you think that there's anything else? I feel like tight end. I, I was going to say running back myself. I felt like offensively running back was a position where I really like Singletary. I just, I want a little more there and I want him not to be a 45 year old running back. Uh, so Melvin Gordon did excite me, but I think that there's, there's room to just add uh, something there. I'm not too picky, but other than that, I feel like they've, I think they've, Oh, you know what it was, was kicker. I want a new kicker, yeah. but I, I don't know the lengths to which I'm willing to go to get a new kicker because it is such a weird specialized yeah. position. Um, 
I, I certainly would be. I would certainly be okay with them drafting. A, you know, they got a new seventh rounder in from Minnesota, and if you want to take two kickers in the seventh round, uh, I'm okay with that. Or you know, undrafted free agents or something um, after the after the after the draft is over. But I think they do need to upgrade their kicking game. Um, Hauschka, even if he's better, he's getting up there. He was injured. Uh, he costs a lot of money. Kickers should be replaceable at some point, and I'm I'm sort of up for I'm sort of up for them replacing him. Uh, am I missing anything, or am I am I? Uh, I think oh. you're tracking well. So yeah, we're good on defensive line. I think we're good on linebacker. We forgot to mention the depth that maybe a guy like Voshan Joseph, who was on yeah. the reserve last year, is good. I think the secondary, uh, we could you know we could make an argument for additional cornerbacks are now depending on Josh Norman or Levi Wallace to really step up in that yeah. position. I, is it before you keep going, is it is it fair to say they haven't at least ignored anything? Right. I don't think they've ignored yeah, they they haven't ignored anything. Even okay. if, even our arguments about the offensive line, uh they didn't they they re they they extended Spencer Long, they re upped Quentin Spain. They've kept their top seven guys from last year. Right. Yeah, and they, and they had spent money and time on that last year. So even though, even though it it wasn't great, it was certainly better. And and maybe with time it gets a little bit better. So they're not. It's not like other years where we've said, "How did you not get a blank?" It, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, Scott, how about you? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mentioned it. I mean, the backup running back. Right. You know, I think it's kind of like. Although the, let's the, not forget Christian Wade. You know, we haven't seen oh him my develop. God. <laughs> the English I know it seems like yeah. a joke, but it, but he we he could be a guy. Who knows? Got to learn. Yeah, just, I mean, just got to learn to block. Yeah, and and play football. Right. I mean, other than that, this is. We, we know I don't know. Run with the football. That's I don't know why he can't be a punt returner. I feel like you could teach him how to be a punt returner pretty quickly. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. There's not that much he needs to know there. Um, and we get more uh, roster. We have, it's not is it on the schedule? But I, we new CBA. I don't know all the ins and outs of it yet, but. We're, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd even put in the CBA because I think we're still a 16-game schedule, right? And are they keeping the playoffs this year? Or is it expanding? Uh, I will see if I can. You know what? Yeah. We will table all discussion of it till next time since I don't want to do it half-assed. Right. But yeah. um, anyway, yes. Continue. Yeah, no, so, so, yeah, I mean, I think the question is, like, I guess the theory is is that they feel confident with Cody Ford. Which, yeah. Which, which none me, of us do, but they do. So yeah, and it's like Inseki is like fine as like like the the kind of the bridge guy, but he got you know he got dinged last year, and he's going to continue to get dinged because he's uh you know he's kind of a he's an older guy. He's not old, but he's an older guy, um, and so that's going to continue to happen. Obviously, he's not going to be, and he's on a you know like a short term deal like everybody else. Um, so I think that's an interesting choice um because it's basically that was the theory it was like you sign spain if you think cody four is going to be your solution long term at right tackle and then if you don't then you go get your then you go get a right tackle and you move forward to left guard where people had projected like well he'll be a league average starter at tackle but he could be a pro bowler at guard and mm-hmm. and so why would you not just take the Pro Bowl guard rather than the the kind of the league average tackle? Which we'll see. I mean, hopefully he's not, but um, that could be a possibility. Um, obviously, you know, resigning Poyer is great. Um, I think that that kind of helps secure the secondary. And and yeah, I mean, Josh Norman was signed. That takes care of your kind of nickel corner. So it, yeah, it's tough to say that they haven't addressed 
you know, uh, all of the needs to a certain extent. But I think, yeah, I think the question, the biggest question remaining for me is, is this a, you know, a Super Bowl caliber kind of offensive line? It doesn't have to take them to the Super Bowl. It just has to get them, you know, to the to the game. And then I, I don't I don't know. I mean, they were again, like Paul was saying, they were an average line last year. Hopefully they just get better this year. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, they are, they're at least in the best player available position going into the draft. Like, I don't even care if it's a quarterback, a kicker a little bit more. I wouldn't want to seem to get a kicker in the second round, but really any position I'm almost okay with in the second round. Sebastian Janikowski, you can take him in the second round. Everybody right, else. Could. If he's going to kick for you for 18 seasons and be the NFL's third all-time leading scorer, then yes, take that kicker in the second round. I am okay with that. Very good. Um, <laughs> so... I don't know. It's a tough call what the most important offseason move thus far for the Bills was adding Stefan Diggs or Tom Brady going to <laughs> Tampa Bay. Um, and I might lead towards Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay. He is. Where were you when you discovered that Tom Brady was no longer a a a New England Patriot? It will be a it will be a story within a story with the way things have been going. But uh it's incredible. He, he, he's gone. And not only is he gone, he's gone to um, Tampa Bay, which by all accounts, uh, even by Tampa Bay reporters and such, I saw were like they sort of get what we're saying when we say that doesn't make sense um, <laughs> because they're just not. It's just weird to think of them as a franchise getting things or doing things. Um, they're kind of like a Buffalo of Florida kind of feel. Um so it's it's sort of incredulous for them. But he's out. He's gone. Players want to go to Tampa. Uh, the Bills won't play him this year. They would play him next year if he's still playing for Tampa. But they're not going to see him this year. And for the first time, uh, not only that, Brian Hoyer uh, was just signed today by the New England Patriots. And, and uh, Sal Capaccio was sort of saying that, yeah, the belief would be based on his belief is that New England's going to roll with uh, whoever wins the Brian Hoyer uh, and I forget the Jarrett, somebody, Jarrett Stidham, Stidham uh, camp competition. Uh, and, and maybe they'll draft somebody <laughs> like he doesn't think they're going to go for a better quarterback. And so here you are. The New England Patriots are looking at awful court and it's either it's either them throwing in the towel or Bill Belichick is really going to prove that it was him all along. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but here we are. Uh the division is wide open. I think that the Patriots were technically still favored to win the division, but that I think that was more about money lines than it yeah, was. The, the over under of... for the for Buffalo and for New England um, in Vegas now is each nine wins next okay. season. And and let's not ignore the Jets. Uh, they have nothing to do with Brady, but they just redid their entire offensive line. It's almost like Sam Darnold said. Hey, I want to be a good quarterback like Josh Allen. Maybe I don't know, have someone who can protect me. And they went out and signed three big guys. So, you know, this is in the in we the Dolphins probably made the biggest moves with all the players that they signed generally. So this is going to be a I think it'll be a more fun AFC East than we've seen in a long time. I I I have to agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh Miami Miami, as much as we were, we were kind of joking uh, about how terrible they were last year, by the end of the year, they had turned into like somewhat of a frisky team. They, they, beat, they beat the Pats, the Pats on the road, and that's what caused when, In a game that the Pats absolutely needed to avoid right. a first-round game, and they lost, and then they lost in the game of the Titans. The so, first round? Yeah. 
yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's weird to say. Yeah, I mean, this is it. Like we're here. Like this this is a surreal moment in history for a variety of reasons. One of them is that the AFC East is wide open for the taking for the foreseeable future. Um, it's just who can come up and grab it. And yeah, like it's going to be. You know, they're saying that the Tampa Bay season tickets have already kind of started going up. Um, and and I don't even, you know, it's the it's the you know joe montana in kansas city and the brett Favre in minnesota and it's it's all of these things and it's just um it's going to be super weird to at some point see someone else line up behind whoever it is probably karis um, yeah. for new england this year and like i don't know how i like do you guys feel like you're going to feel like that foreboding like i don't like I realize Belichick is still there and that he yeah. is still an evil genius and he's going to cheat and they're going to, he's going to get still available. So who knows? He could... So who knows, you know, it, it something could still weird happen, but if Brady's not there, I don't know if I'm like, like it's been like, I feel like on this podcast, like unless Frank gets like super drunk, like we're always picking the Pats to win I'm the Pats. Getting there. <laughs> um, and like this year, like they're not going to have that special like hex. Like it, it was repeatedly like a thing last year it was like, boy, if this was another team like that wasn't the Pats, then boy, I think the Bills would have a, a chance to win this game. But every one of us would still pick the Pats just mm-hmm. because it was Brady and Belichick. And I feel like that is now I don't think that's there anymore. I mean, it, it's just I'm not going to treat them like I mean, for at minimum, you're not going to have the refs like handing the game to Brady on a platter when someone breathes on him in, uh, you know, at his ankle. And that's a roughing the passer call. Like Brian right. Hoyer's not going to get that cheap treatment. So I think in that sense alone, it's going to change the game. And I don't, I don't know how the Pats offense is going to work. I mean, they, they went pretty run heavy at times last year that obviously gave the bills problems at various points. So that's, that's a kind of a separate issue, but on some level that's a, based on the threat of Brady being able to pass. So Right. If if Julian Edelman and, and Keel Harry are like your number one wide receivers for Jarrett Stidham and Brian Hoyer, like oof, woof, <laughs> as Kevin McAllister would say. Um, I think, uh, you know, it, there was lots of articles about like CBS sort of being upset that all these Brady games will now be on, um, you know, another they'll be on the other network. Right. No, they're they're, they're going to have all the Mahomes and Lamar games. CBS will be fine. <laughs> it's not, they're not. They yes. But he's all they're also not the draw that Brady is. Sure. And and because Brady is a special you either hate him or love him and you tune in. And I don't know that people feel that way about those other guys yet. Uh, I do think that that was one of the things I wanted to say to that. Scott said was the um the fact that we would, you know, probably not have to. uh deal with some of the, the bogus calls um that's it that's all i have i'm excited are, are you guys sad that he's gone or do you, you know, are, is there a my, part of you that feels like you wanted to beat him yeah or? i got that's the only negative for this uh, like the year the bills finally were going to win a division and who knows if that that could be this year that could be years down the road yet i kind of wanted to still be with him in the division I will definitely feel fine once the Bills win a division, and especially if Belichick is there, I'll still feel like they've they've had an accomplishment. But it would have been kind of nice to been able to rub it in on on Brady a little bit, and they got so close last year. But alas, that's the only thing that makes me sad, though. I'm glad he's it, it out. It would the have division. been it would have been nice, but I I, I I'm not. Uh... 
I, I'm not convinced that day was ever going to come. I, I think the only the only <laughs> well, thing they've that done it. he's 97, but he's not going to win the division this year, right? <laughs> the only thing that's 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 that gives me pause is the uh, is the slow creep of time that comes for us all, in the sense that, well, boy, Tom Brady's not in New England anymore. It had to happen at some point. That means time has passed. That means I'm getting older, and at some point I'm going to die. So other than that, right. I have no particular reason for him to stay. Um, right. just we could be. We're, not, we're, one, we're all one step closer to being tortured exactly. by days with teeth. You know? Yeah, that's, that's great. I, I've I'm glad you guys needed Tom Brady to leave to accept that. I, you know, definitely nothing else mortal about this world at the moment. Um, but yes, uh, see, I told you I can't help but make the jokes, even though I hate them all. Um, no, I, I yes, we all are. We are all. You know, there, it, it's the passage. It's the end of an era, as they say. Um, and I, for one, you know, I, I think I agree with Paul that it, that would have been nice. But sometimes you just got to move on, you know, and you you just got to be happy with winning the division, <laughs> even if it's not like all the cherries on you got to enjoy why none of us have been happy since 1995 exactly like you just got to enjoy the sunday even if it didn't have all the cherries you wanted on top of it um so that is it for our uh, you know let's do this day in bill's history and then we will we will do uh we'll we'll finish with that and then we'll do our our uh, end of the pod uh discussion as well but what do we got for this day in bill's headlines all right, for this day in Bill's headlines, this is uh, March 22nd, and wow, we are only, what, 45 minutes in? Oh, I can take 25 minutes on that. Yeah, kill it. All right, so we got some so TED headlines for today. Start off what I think is a little bit easier and then move to some pretty obscure ones. So 2018, Bill's wide receiver blank arrested after bizarre bloody fight. Anthony Hargrove? Oh, right. Yeah. No, I was way too early. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I won't even go into the whole description, but yes, we all remember that. And uh, apartment building glass. Yeah. Yeah. Well, naked eventually broke free of his brother's hold and ran the direction of an apartment uh, belonging and then through a window. So, yeah. We will go through all of it, but yes. Uh, 2017. Uh, this is another Bills wide receiver, and uh, I don't remember this story, so I'll read it in full, and you guys can think about it while, uh, while right. I'm reading the story. Bills' new wide receiver, Blank, discusses signing mishap. He says, basically, from my perspective, I know my agent was kind of discussing some terms with the Bills personnel, nothing finalized or anything, just kind of negotiating. The way it works is the agent is supposed to send any type of proposal to the NFLPA, and somehow, somewhere in there, I don't know exactly how it came out, someone thought that I'd signed. All of a sudden, my phone, I was getting a lot of text messages, and then my Twitter was going crazy. It was weird. I was just kind of sitting down watching the office and not understanding what was going on because I didn't put pen to paper or anything. It was pretty crazy, you know, pretty hectic. But then he signed at the end of the day anyway. What year was this again? 2017, three years ago. Uh, Was it Jordan Matthews? No, that's a perfect guess, though. That was it, it well, was, not that perfect. Wanted, <laughs> it wasn't perfect. It was if it if you weren't to guess Jordan Matthews, I, this is kind of that other guy who falls in that same mode of like, hey, let's get this free agent wide receiver might add something. Then he ends up being on the team probably even longer than he deserved to be on the team. And now he's out of the NFL. But mm. he played two seasons with it. Well, season and two thirds with the team when they so got it him. had to be Calvin Benjamin. No, that's coming right. They got him in a trade, though. Uh, yeah, him. that's right. We, like, I figured he did this a year and a it half. It would have to be Benjamin Disraeli. <laughs> uh, 
Ah, uh, let's see what else. Benjamin Netanyahu. I think okay when they when they cut Benjamin, they cut this guy the same day. It was like their way of saying, okay, we're done with these wide receivers who've had over a year to year and two thirds to prove themselves and haven't done anything. Mm. Shares the same last name is a very famous 1970s porn star. Buck. Male porn star. Buck. <laughs> Ron. Oh, that would have been, yeah. Jeremy Curley, no. Not, not. <laughs> uh, I can't even, uh, he was with Oakland Did. when we signed him. Darius Hayward Bay. No. All right, I'll give I'll give the answer. It is Andre Holmes. Andre Holmes. Okay. I thought he was on the team longer than that. Maybe he wasn't. Yep, seventeen, and then most of eighteen. So. Mm. All right. Uh, twenty twelve now, going back eight years. Mm. Safety blank agrees to re-sign with Buffalo Bills. Says selected by Atlanta in the second round of the two thousand three draft, the Penn State product spent his first three seasons with the Falcons. And also played in New Orleans before signing with Buffalo in 2007. So he played six years with the Bills from 2007 to 2012. He was cut on in August of 2013 and then retired. He was kind of a hybrid linebacker safety. And aside from his athletic pursuits, he's an accomplished musician. He sings and plays the piano, drums, and saxophone. And he had participated in the ABC Monday Night Football's musical competition called Monday Night at the Mic. Hmm. Safety, yeah. Safety linebacker. Yeah, kind of. He was a safety, but he played one of those like safety linebacker hybrid roles, a big nickelish type role, mm. uh, if you will. That's big nickel, not not Nicholas. I shouldn't have said nickel-ish because it sounds like Nicholas. We already but, have a big nickel. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So six seasons. He was he he was a starter most of that time. You'll know a, the name. Was this a person I complained about ever? Like that, that like memorably, like <laughs> it's the only not way memorably. Like we definitely, I'm sure, complained about him. I still, I think. So he, he had a knack he for probably it. played opposite from Jairus Bird for some of that, right? Yeah. See, it's not Dante Whitner because we drafted him. Yeah, from Ohio State. Yeah. This guy was good at. I, I feel like he scored a fair number of touchdowns for a defensive player for the Bills. I'm going to go to Pro Football Reference now to prove. Or disprove that. Well, yeah, glad he, last week was just a fluke because we, we had done so well. <laughs> back, to yeah. back to our normal. We, that guy is a player. Yeah, <laughs> he had two inter- two touchdowns. The Bills. Years? What? Here's my most memorable moment of his. It was a game against Miami. And I think it was a game that actually started John Beck at quarterback, which I think had to be Beck's last <laughs> NFL start. Jesus. And Beck whiffed on a throw, it went in the air. He grabbed it in midair and then just ran into the end zone. That could be anybody. Stop it. <laughs> that could have been me. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. That's like saying, oh, he he tied his shoes. Yeah, he intercepted John Beck and ran it back for a touchdown. Okay, yeah, he farted once. <laughs> he probably did. All right, the last hint mentioned the the last guy Andre Holmes mentioned the Office. Think of major characters from the Office, specifically their their last names. Uh, Carell. Oh, wait, the character names? Characters. Scott. Yes, yes. Jordan Scott. Michael Scott. Scott. Scott Scott. Brian Scott. Brian Scott. There we go. go. We got there. Jesus. 
Yikes. And we had the. I was. I was going to give you. If you guys got that immediately, I was going to note that his Monday night at the mic thing I mentioned he was paired with Grammy Award winning artist Blank. But there's no I'm trust now either. You to guess Michelle Branch. No. Uh, at this point, so uh, right on to the next question. All right. 2006. Bills signed quarterback Blank. Bills want him to compete for the Bills want him to compete for a starting job. The Northwestern State Louisiana product was the second of Green Bay's two fifth-round selections in the 2002 draft. Hmm. Terry Matt Flynn. Nope, not Matt Flynn. Uh, said oh, quarterback GM or cornerback? What's that, Scott? Sorry. Quarterback or cornerback? Quarterback. Quarterback. So Marv Levy, the general manager, that, that happened, remember, said he's young, he's been to train cap, and he's comfortable with it. He's not a nervous rookie quarterback who's trying to adapt and learn. He's very much ready to engage, in my opinion. Uh, he never saw action with the Bills, though he did spend all of 2006 on the roster behind uh, JP and Kelly Holcomb. Levi Brown. Good guess. He was a quarterback, but Levi actually got into a game for the Bills once. Bad, bad. He went back to Green <laughs> Bay, and I think he threw like 15 passes for them in 2007, and that was it. Nope. All, all right. right. Correct answer is Craig Nall. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. that name. Not. Wasn't wasn't gonna get that one. No, was never gonna <laughs> get it. I just remember the name. All right, here's a nice easy one. Here's we'll, we'll tee this one up for you guys. 2005, so 15 years ago, Bills running back blank prepared to sit out until trade demand met. He says, "I'm definitely not going back to Buffalo if that's what you want to hear. No mini camps, no training camp, no nothing. I packed my stuff and left as soon as the season was over. I was out there and I didn't have any plans of coming back." And true to form, in July of that year, he was dealt to the Tennessee Titans for a third-round pick. Was that? Oh, no. I was gonna, uh, was it Travis Henry then? Travis Henry. There we Travis go. Travis Henry, yeah. It was before, it was, uh, before McGahee. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounded like something McGahee would do, but... Right, yeah. It... McGahee had... This was actually spurred by McGahee taking his starting job from him the previous season in 2004, and Travis was like, all right, I'm done. Uh, not done Just making have... sure. the Yeah, I was going to say, he's like... <laughs> <laughs> uh 2000 blank signs five-year extension reserve nose tackle blank signed a five-year contract extension with the bills on wednesday terms of the contract were not disclosed in february he was tendered a high offer in the one million dollar range as a restricted free agent now i say reserve nose tackle which makes you think this is probably something obscure but he then proceeded to start all of his games for the Bills, except one for each of the next four seasons. And then when he left, he spent six seasons with another team and made three Pro Bowls with them. Pat Williams? Pat Williams. Scott was right on top of that. Um, all right. Before we continue in 1998, I will notice this death in Bills history was Martin F. Cummer Sr., who played for the Bills in the AAFL during the 40s. And uh, yeah, he played uh, under legendary Bills coach Lowell Red Dawson. Uh, and during World War II, Comer was a chief petty officer in the U.S. Navy. I was not going to try and make you guess Martin F. Comer Sr. because I'd never heard of him either. All right. Here we go. This is not a player. This is a rule change, guys. 1994. NFL owners approve blank. Levy says new rule is no big deal. Free agency. No, that was a year before this. Uh, borrowing from college football in the old American football league, the oh. NFL will use blank for the first time in its 75 year history. That's two, two point, point conversion. Two point conversion. 
said the uh, the vote was 23 to four with the Chargers not present during balloting. The Bills were among those opposed with Detroit, Phoenix, and Washington. And Ralph Wilson said it's too radical change in the scoring system of pro football, but obviously Ralph was was wrong. All right, so that siren is telling me to get on with the headlines here. So we've got three to go, and I will uh, hope that fire truck turns. All right, 1993, Giants pick up blank from Bills. It says Super Bowl with victories. <laughs> after oh. hesitating to get their feet wet, the Giants have jumped into the new free agency pool with a the new free agency pool. See, 93. Yeah, yeah, okay, uh, fair enough. With a big splash, signing Buffalo Bills linebacker blank to a three-year contract for $5.2 million. And it says, despite his relegation to a backup role with Buffalo last season, Blank becomes the Giants' highest-paid linebacker above the likes of Lawrence Taylor and Carl Banks. So he's a backup in Buffalo. He had one extremely memorable moment, though. And as I always bring up to Frank as my, my hint whenever he's been a trivia question in the past, his son did play for the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, damn it. Carlton <laughs> Bailey. Carlton Bailey, yep. There you go. All Justin right. Bailey was his kid. That was correct. <clears throat> All right. 1990. This one's going to be a, a math question, and you have to get it within uh, $2 million. Chicago <laughs> Tribune. Jim Kelly bills, uh, Jim Kelly, comma, bills near huge deal. Buffalo Bills quarterback Jim Kelly is about to become the highest paid player in the National Football League, the Buffalo News reported. The quarterback would earn approximately blank over the life of a seven-year contract extension. Over the so the the whole number, not the per year number. Right. You can also guess the per year if you'd prefer. You'll have to guess that within I'll say seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. I'll say tw- seven years, twenty-one million dollars. All I'll right. Seven years. Tw- 24. Frank is is, is within the, the the amount specified. Seven years, 20 million. Just under 3 million. Well done, sir. So, a little bit of... Uh, well, I'm just the best. So. Yeah. All right, this is a, a long-winded question, but it's our finale. Uh, we're going back 40 before... Eh, yes, it would have been before most of us were born. Frank was about two months old at this... About three months old at this point. 1978. Simpson goes to 49ers for five draft picks. All right, so I'll read for a little bit, and then we'll have the question. O.J. Simpson struck gold in his hometown. Oh, O.J. Simpson. Yes. Okay. Yes. O.J. struck that Simpson, yes. (laughs) Thought it was Abe. (laughs) (laughs) Struck gold in his hometown of San Francisco yesterday and did not have to run through an airport to get it because he used to do advertising. The Hertz commercial, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the 49ers agreed to take over the final year of Simpson's three-year contract at a salary of 733000 annually <laughs> in exchange for five high draft choices to the Bills. The Bills will receive the 49ers' number one draft choice in 79, number two and three in 78, and numbers two and four for 1980. So O.J. would spend two seasons with the Niners and rush for only 1,053 yards, and he was out of the league. Uh, so the Bills really got the best in this deal because the 49ers in 78 – finished two and 14, which was the worst record in the NFL. And the Bills got the first overall pick then the next year who they used on blank. I will give more of a hint on this. Uh, He never played a game for the Bills. He instead signed with the CFL's Montreal Alouettes, 
who signed him for double the money originally offered by the Bills because you know the CFL just always doubling NFL salary. This is this is this was back when you could just decide what you wanted to pay a rookie. Right. Different era. Uh, but he became a starter for the Alouettes. He became Grey Cup MVP in 79. In 82, he wanted to return to the NFL, choosing to forego two optional years with the Alouettes. The Oilers attempted to sign him, but the Bills, who held his NFL rights, matched the offer. Uh, Cleveland Browns owner Art Modell had long been interested in signing him. And as a result, he was then traded from the Buffalo Bills to the Cleveland Browns for a first-round draft choice, 14th overall in the 83 draft, plus a second and third draft choice. And that first-round pick was used on Jim Kelly. So this is the player that went from O.J. Simpson to this guy to Jim Kelly. That's pretty wild. Uh, So 80s Browns player. Yep, I will try and look up his stats quickly here. Because uh, Vizul at this point it's, in the pod, who really cares? It's uh, uh, played four it's seasons soon. with the Browns and two with San Francisco. Okay. Keep on saying him, so it's not a woman. Yeah, good, good, good yes. pickup. We've narrowed it, it down up. to men specifically. That's half the population. So yes. Um, uh, didn't do much really in the NFL. He did make the. Uh, <laughs> All all rookie team or the all conference team in '83, um, but otherwise his career kind of tailed off after that. And he, I keep looking at sack numbers. He didn't have a lot of sacks. He was a linebacker. That's good. We didn't know that. Um, are you guys still there? Yep, I'm here. Yeah, Yeah. I don't. uh, I'm gonna say uh, leader, supreme leader of. Uh, North Korea, Kim Jong-un. Yeah, that's He's had about as much NFL, NFL success as this guy. Um, uh, so I was going to say, because I think this person later went on to be on Modern, modern Family, I was going to say Sofia Vergara, but yep. then dropping the hints about the men, the man thing. <laughs> but now I'm going to say Ed O'Neill. Yeah, that, I was going to say, I think you're on the right path there. You're on the right path. You didn't quite get it. Ty Burrell. Actually, no, I'm I'm kidding. I was gonna say Julie Bowen, but then you would have been like, "Hey, you said it." Judy was, Greer, Judy Greer. <laughs> it was uh, the legendary Tom Cousineau. Tom Cousineau. Uh, but again, he turned into Jim Kelly. The Bills also had the fifth pick in the draft because they were terrible. They drafted Jerry Butler, who had a few good years with the team. Um, so yeah, even though Cousineau was a bust, he led to Jim Kelly, so we were fine with him. And uh, that was this day in Bills headlines, uh, March twenty second. That was really good, and I did not know that. That's like a wild trade, and I feel like that's one that probably, as a Bills fan, I should know by heart, like as part of the lore, because um, that's such a wild circumstance to get to Jim Kelly. Um, but and I didn't know it, so that's that was a cool story. Thank you for sharing. You are welcome. I would like to get some of our particulars out now because we are gonna shift uh, to a story specifically about the Bagulas and their willingness to pay employees um, next. But it does involve, um, and, and and part of this is gonna morph into our uh, discussion of the coronavirus. So if you are all done, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. You can talk to us, B Bill, sorry, B Bills MNY on Facebook, but MNY Bills on Twitter. BBillsMNY at gmail.com. Look for Buffalo Bills maybe next year wherever you podcast. I have recently reacquainted myself with my iTunes, which I've been kind of excited about. Um, up until recently, I've been uh, thrift shopping um, for CDs because you can, I'm not kidding, get them for like a quarter each. And I 
have bought so many CDs from the 90s that I didn't have the money to buy that I'm like <laughs> in my full glory. I'd like to say <laughs> Jules Pieces of You is much better than most people probably want to give it credit for. It's actually a really good album. Um, uh, but yeah, the foolish games you were playing, Frank. It's and it's weird because it's not the it's not the um, it's not the one that you heard on the radio. Like there's definitely a radio edit, and then there's the album version. Right, but, the version you hear on the radio. If you want to hear that, get the Batman and Robin soundtrack. Good but to the, see. This is why I need you. Yeah, right. The so foolish I got a games version on Pieces of You is which I also have on my iTunes. Totally different uh, <laughs> version, slower cadence. If you would, yes, it is, and it's not the quite the some of the phrasing. But anyway, if you want to hear some more of that, stick around. If you don't, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time that there is Bill's news. And now um, we are going to turn to a story that was brought to our attention by Lars on uh, Bills and Beers um, about uh, the Bagulas and specifically Bagula Sports Entertainment. Um, and uh, Paul is the insider who has the athletic subscription who kind of let us read it over his shoulder while you know from a socially acceptable distance um they they basically fired all of their their hockey um hockey game day sort of people um and this obviously has to do with the spreading pandemic uh the coronavirus uh covid19 um which is obviously really serious and uh it's weird i this up until Stefan Diggs and then like literally an hour later Tom Brady uh I felt like it was weird listening to sports radio at all because it wasn't sports radio anymore and and they just sort of had have thrown themselves fully into the NFL um offseason and I think that's probably appropriate for them even though that they're they're still sort of discussing the the wider world but if you want that release it's there anyway I'm sorry to be on a tangent this whole topic is stressful for everybody, um, I'm certainly feeling quite a bit of it. But let's let's talk about what the Pagulas did in relationship to other NHL, as it turns out, owners. Um, some owners of teams are offering pay to players, uh, allowing them to retain their jobs, even though there's a canceled or not canceled, a suspended NFL NHL season. And they are uh, so that they'll get paid. Some are, which was the original position of the Pagulas, uh, the people who are on staff to staff the actual games. Uh, I would think of like <clears throat> tendons and whatnot. They are not going to be paid until the NHL officially cancels those games. And at which point uh, they will get paid for those canceled games. Or uh, if by some miracle they play these games, which seems just unfathomable yeah, near impossible at this point. seems unfathomable at this point um then they would be invited to work for their pay at that point uh and then the third tier of the the pse is i guess it's like the restaurants like they have like the the sports bar uh, sports 716 and and a couple of other things where they just let go of everybody they sent a letter saying we're letting you all go we wish you well. Here are some resources and you are invited to apply for your job when you come back because you will be sort of at the top of the list. But there's no guarantee or anything that anyone will be hired. Um, it was brought to me, uh, brought to me, at least initially in the in the context of um, Lars felt like Tim Graham wrote an overly emotional appeal 
it was sort of imbalanced against Terry Pagula and the Bills organization unfairly. And so that's kind of the 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 way in which I a- approached it was I wanted to, to sort of get the feelings. I, I hope you've both I know Paul has read it. Mm-hmm. Scott, did you get a chance to read it as well? Yeah, I think I've read most of it. OK, Um he was hanging a lot on the gas prices, which I think was was not. Yeah, and they talked about Pagula's sale to Royal Dutch Shell for 4.7 billion and other sales. And, and they even and this all kind of let, was led into by a, a despite their affluence and then they about how they tried to maintain an everyman reputation. It was framed in a way that that I found bothersome, but I don't need to jump into it too much. Well, you know, I think because I, after having sat with it, have come back <clears throat> to my original position of, okay. um, I'm mad at the Bagulas, uh, that, that I, maybe I'll start and you guys yeah. can kind of talk me down from it if you want. Um, or not. I look, um, I'm not in a position. I'm in a position where I'm, I'm very, very frustrated with a lot of people who and and it's not fair that i'm maybe conflating the larger world with the pagulas right now but they are part of the larger world and you know we have four senators in the united states who who by all intents and purposes seem to have very clearly taken information pertinent to the national security and health of this country and used it for personal gain in in the selling of their stocks we have mixed leadership across the board um, by people of means. Uh, It is more and more frustrating to watch professional athletes and movie stars be asymptomatic and get coronavirus testing um, and know that people like my sister work in a hospital and it's not guaranteed that she would get one. Um, And my parents who are older and my mother is autoimmune compromised i uh, you i I'm, I'm saying all this so you understand i am coming from a particular place and i cannot divorce my emotional investment in what is happening from what i am about to say from the pagulas but he is a person of means he is the person who came to town and said if i wanted to spend more money i just have to drill another well and i think that the discussion of his the losses of money with regards to oil are supposed to explain why he is letting go of these people. And it's supposed to look like crass commercialism or crass, you know, retention of his, of his own wealth. And frankly, it kind of is the, the, the drop in a bucket that him paying out some of these employees would be, Um, particularly since he is going to end up qualifying for all sorts of ridiculous loans and tax breaks that are about to be passed um, to to get him, quote unquote, through such a time um, and to sort of leave people hanging without necessary income, without health insurance, putting them through the rigmarole of having to look for unemployment paperwork and work. It's hard. It's hard for me to look at that and say, okay, sure, he's allowed to do that. He should do better. And as a world, we are getting to, I am getting to a point where I accept that it is only through 
the actions that we take as individuals that we're empowered to take that we're going to be okay. And it is, you know, it is very, I'm, I'm becoming a bigger small R Republican, Scott. I really am. I'm just, <laughs> we need to rely on ourselves and others in, and not accept, you know, it, just not expect bigger, the government to fix this problem. It, they, they certainly can't. And uh, at least not as fast as the security of him just securing some jobs that, you know, what ultimately is he going to save from doing this? What is it costing him with his reputation? And I'm wearing my Sabres jersey today and I haven't worn it because they're so bad. And I put it on because honestly, it was long sleeve and it's cold today. And I felt a little weird about wearing it all day. And I, I, I don't like when things calm down and I get an opportunity to buy a couple more long sleeve shirts, I'm, I'm probably going to get rid of this. Like it, it really made me feel gross about at least the hockey team, if not the football team. And those are my feelings on it. And I am thoroughly open uh, to being disagreed with and talked to about it. I just, you know, as I told Lars online, like I respect that, you know, it's, it's, it's a bigger story than billionaire is being stingy. But to me, there's this human level on which I can't divorce myself from what that sounds like. So um, whoever would like to take me to task first, please do. Yeah, Scott, I'm going to come off as a complete <clears throat> asshole. So can you transition us? <laughs> Scott, you're um, much more being an asshole. Could yeah, you just... it's an odd choice for me to, to be the, 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 the moderate in the middle. No, um, uh, no, I'll, I mean, you know, I, I think honestly, like I'm, I'm largely in agreement with Frank, I think. I mean, it's tough not to be. I, I think the only the only way I see it the other way is a bit of um, ultimately, if you are in a position where you are you've you're not you're I don't like this is cruel to say, but when you do not have any unique skills that you bring to the table, when you're a server at a restaurant, when you're a bartender, when you're a you know, uh, you know, a, a cleaner, a busboy. Unfortunately, your job is 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 easily is very fungible. Yeah, it, it it can be done by pretty much anybody who's got a high school diploma, and unfortunately, that makes you not particularly valuable. Um, I think for me, that's that's like the the way that like the economy is to a certain extent supposed to work is that that is a bridge job. That is a job to teach you how world the world works, to help you get through night school, to help you get through college, to help you when times are tough, maybe as a second job, whatever. It's not supposed to be your primary source of income and that therefore, you know, yes, I understand for some people it is. And and I'm sorry for them when that job doesn't work accordingly. However, it's ultimately a job in which you 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 can't be replaced. And if you're if you're if you you haven't been able to do any savings and you don't have a bigger plan and you haven't been able to execute that plan, then ultimately there's a little bit that's that's on you here. Um, but that all that that said, um, yeah, he can freaking keep paying them. I mean, like all these corporations to a certain extent can, and especially when you're a non-publicly traded organization, when you're not responsible to shareholders. Shareholders, who, yeah. You know, where shareholders, you, you know, that's everyone's 401k. That's everyone's IRA. 
that's all the, you know, to a certain extent, that's the entire economy is built up into those things. And those people, the the CEOs are the stewards of those on behalf of, to a certain extent, everyone who's a shareholder. Now, yes, there are some corporations that are buyback shareholders. That's complicated. Obviously, things are changing. But I, I still have that kind of liberal mindset, small L liberal mindset of, mm-hmm. of how the economy is supposed to work and that those people are supposed to be curious. But when you're a in a personal company, you have a much personal greater responsibility and you're personally rich. Then, you know, I I, I read uh, back in the old days of Deadspin, I think it was a Deadspin article, it was one that was linked from their site. And it was basically, I think it was a Hamilton Nolan article, and he was a super liberal, and I disagreed with a lot of those stuff, but he was a good he's a good writer. And and at some point he made the case, and I think it's ultimately probably right, is that the only point in ever having money is to give it all away. Now, I would say that there's lots of ways to give it away. You can give away money by spending it because mm-hmm. if you're spending the money, that's you paying for things and paying taxes on it, giving it to other people. You're spending it. It's a bit profligate, and there's probably ways you could do it better if you were giving it away to charity and yada, yada, yada. At least you're spending it. The one thing that you shouldn't do is save it all up, put it in a bank account, and give it to your kids because that is really just giving them a get-out-of-jail-free card. It never really circulates. To me, like this is a very easy time for all those people to just just take away that couple million dollars of salary that you'd have to eat for a couple months um, and and move on with your life. And you're going to make it all back in terms of positive publicity that's going to come out of it from you and people who continue to buy Sabres jerseys and Bills jerseys and everything else, considering you own half a town. And I hope that the people of Buffalo will consider that the next time the Pagulas want, you know, the people on the town council want to give him another uh, concession or a metro stop or whatever, that this is something that the other part of the relationship needs to be built in um, because it does need to go both ways. Um, so that's all I'll say. All right. OK. Um, yeah. Well, look at the time. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're so, a good person, yeah, Paul. I don't yeah, expect I you to come out and say something awful. So no, I, I and I'm not going to say say anything awful. I do want to <laughs> start to notice that so much of what both of you guys says absolutely true. And one of the things I am most looking forward to coming out of this awful event, an awful point in our time, is that I think there's going to be a a heightened sense of corporate accountability. I think airlines that are now begging essentially for corporate welfare when they all they've do have done are stock buybacks and you know now they're they've lost a lot of money. Guess what? I, all three of us, I guarantee you, have lost a lot of money over the last month and a half while this has been going on. Don't yeah. look at your retirement. Don't yeah. I did it. Don't do it. Yeah, no, we <laughs> my wife did yesterday and it was a bad, bad decision. Yeah, it was really bad. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's it, it's terrible on that front, and yet corporations keep asking for bailouts, and it gets to a point where, you know, en- enough is enough. And and this, you see it with public companies, you see it with private companies. You really just see how much people are exploited for the profit that they can make. People who just and I don't demean them for having a good idea or for having a lot of work ethic up front, but they are generating wealth that is way out of proportion with what these these business owners should be getting they should be getting far less and there should not be so so many people uh you know who are not making a living wage because you know that money needs to go to the billionaires and the shareholders etc all of that aside uh that i've (laughs) i've said i think 
you run into an issue if you set a type of precedent here when you don't know how long the situation is going to go on. When you, let's not forget the Pagulas, you know, we talk about their worth. That's not all liquid assets that they have. And their value of their businesses, I'm sure, is their various businesses are all going down right now. They're earning no profits on uh, football, I would guess. They're spending a lot of money this last week, as we discussed in the podcast. Uh, They're not earning anything from hockey. Uh, all their Pagula Sports and Entertainment Facilities, 716 downtown, all the, you know, the bars, they're not making any money. And by laying people off, you give the people the ability to, you know, collect unemployment, do what they can. You are saving yourselves overhead. And you're going to say, well, who cares about how the Pagula spend their money? As someone who lived on Washington Street, which of those of you who know the Buffalo area, you know, are familiar with, who, when I moved there in 2013, was then walking distance of where the Sabres played, and to watch what they did, they single-handedly built up that area and created hundreds, literally hundreds of jobs uh, that they brought with them. They have done more positive things for the Buffalo economy than any non-bank that has moved into that area in, in my lifetime, probably, with what they have done. It is not their obligation to, you know, financially support everyone who has got noted earlier, you know, they, they didn't have the savings. They didn't prepare for the rainy day. I am going to jump out and say, I recognize I am a privileged son of a bitch. I, ha- my, my life has changed in the sense that I no longer have a social life, which, you know, let's be honest, wasn't really there to begin with. And I now have to work from just my laptop instead of my nice two monitor system. Otherwise, I've experienced no downturn and I feel for those who do because there have been points in my life where this would have been more crushing to me, but I always, you always have to have an alternative. You always got to, you know, try and figure things out because the world is going to deal you crazy pandemics and crazy shit like this. And you can't be depending on someone to support you through it. And it's a terrible thing to say. And I feel for all the people working in, in hospitals for all the people who are essential, but it can't, we can't force, we can't go to Terry and Kim Pagula and say, hey, you've helped bail out this city in terms of, you know, providing jobs and giving us, you know, helping to spur the downtown economy and and, and what's that led, what that has led to in terms of housing downtown. Now, hey, can you bail, can you support us for a little while more while we are trying to work through this, recognizing that the value of your businesses is plummeting right now and you don't have the liquid assets that we prefer and then what I especially didn't like in the way the article is framed, because I think the argument you're both making is fine. The article specifically made it seem as if this is 100% a Pagula responsibility that they should do. And I think you just open a door of precedent that's not really fair, recognizing that, you know, right now a lot of little people are are going to struggle. Uh, you know, a lot of people who really are are, you know, needed these jobs. And I hope they collect collect unemployment. I hope that they end up getting a lot of money on the back end of this deal. Um, but overall, I just never am comfortable with telling people who have who have earned their money, you know, and who have used that money to help bring about positivity and help bring about you know a new economy to an area that was previously struggling. How they now need to spend the rest of their money. So, okay, I I'm am. A- 
that no that's you know what and i am agreeable to the position that they have done a lot for the city of buffalo and the fact that they're not doing this shouldn't be the end all be all of of our picture of who the pagulas are um so i i will accept that especially as somebody you know you were somebody who lived there and i i think that was some of what lars was was hinting at too um i do think it's unfortunate when you have other leagues like the nba sort of collectively deciding that they were going to do this um and major league NH- baseball also paying all their stadium employees for Inc- and yeah. minor leaguers like they're gonna they have a play payment system in place for for minor league players who routinely like i mean they need a whole new whole new thing but like you know at least you know so th- it's it's sad when there are examples of people uh in other leagues who are doing it um you know but i'm also I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be able to shake that kind of like the coldness of it. I think that if they had said, okay, because I, I understand it's an indefinite length of time. I still think there would have been room to say, okay, we're going to, and maybe they will look if they honor everybody who was canceled to pay. And then they tell the, the restaurant staff, okay, we're going to pay you for a month. Or whatever, like some something like that, um, you know. Then, then I feel better. If it's like, if there was some sort of caveat of it's going to be hard for us to maintain this for the long term, so we're going to do this for this amount of time, and then you got to figure out something on your own, or hopefully we'll be in a different position. Then, okay, that to me is at least a little more palatable. Maybe I'm just sort of happy to shake my fist at some some rich people right now because i'm i, I mean i am i'm just like i yeah I, I, i'm i've always been like that robin hood guy too which is why it's bizarre for me to be taking the stance i am on this it, one. well it's it's and again it's not just him it's you watch i mean michael bloomberg spent nearly a billion dollars like no joke like the fec filing was 937 million dollars to win american samoa in the presidential primary system and God help us if we just if he could have just and where like where is he now right like I mean like the literal list of people like where are you Mister Big Money Person you know we the systems here you were able to make all this money and if you want the country to keep going like I to me that's like your ultimate responsibility at some point like you can't let it fall into collapse right if if we're gonna let you be that stinking rich then part of it is you've got to kind of make room for all of us while you're doing it because otherwise why are we letting you get that rich um (laughs) not to be like a a total communist about it but um because i'm not but anyway it's 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 part of for me definitely a larger tapestry of frustration and it's it's something i will remember i am keeping a little right now i am keeping a little catalog of people and places that are are you know sticking their their tongue out at this um i'm gonna remember that hawk and dove in dc took a stance of we're not going to follow the 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 request to to close down i'm going to remember that GameStop stayed open this weekend to sell doom and animal crossing instead of closing like <laughs> most places were i'm going to remember those things and i'm not going to patronize some of these places ever again and you know, I think it'd be hard for me to say I'm not going to be a Bills fan or anything anymore. But um, 
I'm going to remember this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to look back and I'm going to be like, I'm going to remember you, Terry. I remember when you did this, you know, and that's going to that's going to be part of informing my decision with with, with stuff. So. <clears throat> I, all right. OK. Anything else or are we are we tapped here? I feel like that's I feel like that's good enough. Um, you know, it sucks. Yeah, and for sucks. those of you still listening, like this is, it's a it's a hard time. To- I don't think any of us have ever lived through anything like this, you know, uh, type of pandemic. And while I recognize that I'm in a very personally privileged situation, I'm also smart enough to know that could change at any time. Uh, you know, there's and we're all in just kind of a perilous situation right now, and we certainly hope that. Um, you know, people pull through this and the social distancing and everything we're doing right now is going to going to pay off uh, for the whole society in, in the long run. Yeah, I I. Well, I don't want to do a whole maybe we should maybe we should another time just do a whole thoughts and feelings on the pandemic because every other sports thing is doing it, too, like just sort of putting sports aside. But I'm, not I'm pretty sure if we do a pod a month from now, I'm pretty sure we'll still be able to talk about it. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I think it is going to get uglier before it gets better. And I really I know that we have lots of listeners in Europe and I know that it's not very pleasant there. I know that most hey, of we have get... we have one of us. One of, uh, we have a podcaster in Europe. We now we have a podcaster in Europe. Yes. <laughs> but he's like in the America part of Europe. So he's OK. <laughs> Um, it can't it can't get you if you're on detail. Um, yes, so. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I've heard. Um, I know that in America there is a sense that it is a lot worse than anybody has recognized or accepted yet. Um, and there's this sort of disconnected dread because you can't. It's we're all. I, I don't know about you guys. I'm just kind of waiting for us to be Italy, and you know, it's it's not going to be nice. So we recognize that the next time we come to you, the world could be in a much harder place. Or, you know, maybe we'll all be China and we'll all be at a flat part of the curve, and we'll be talking about maybe we're a little ways away from some stuff getting back to normal. But I do extend all of our warmest uh, feelings and and wishes towards all of you. Um, I think I can confidently say that we all wish you all very well. We all wish you good health and safety. Um, And we hope that our podcast helped a little. Um, If it didn't, email us, bbills at gmail. (laughs) at pbills at gmail.com because we never check it anyway um or you can tweet paul and yell at him for being yep. uh, being the Anne rand of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> um you can do that mny bills uh or get to us on facebook i'll you know there is no there is no time and space for me anymore so this podcast might go up in an hour it might go up in two days well whenever i feel like posting it i will um until next time, thank you so much for listening, and we do really hope you're well. Uh, my name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everybody. <laughs>